Hello, castoffs. No, that's not great. Hello, castaways. That's not much better. Oh, hello, my little castanets. Beautiful. Dave here, all alone, just me and you. What's going on? How you doing? What would you like to talk about? I'm just up here at the top to do a little content warning. This episode starts off with a sexual assault. It's a real bummer. It doesn't get a lot better from there because of, well, the things we discuss in the episode. So we just wanted to let you know ahead of time before we got into it. If that's something you don't want to hear about, then this is probably not an episode to listen to. We do try to keep it light, although the subject matter uh, at hand is at times not very light. You can tell by the runtime of this episode that we didn't really want to talk about it much. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Greetings, listeners to Bessic International Extraterrestrial. I am Dave Reed. And I'm Kristen Riley. And this is The Cast Files. I am a nerd who has somehow never seen The X-Files. And I watched it when it originally aired. The Cast Files is a podcast where we watch and discuss every episode of The X-Files, whether we like it or not. <laughs> <laughs> also, spoiler free. <laughs> Today we are unfortunately discussing Season 2, Episode 11, Excelsis Day. It originally aired December 16th, 1994. And I notice that you said it correctly because the very first thing right off the top that i have is this little bit of trivia the title is often misspelled as excelsius dia which it is or day excelsius day on hulu wikipedia and imdb but excelsius is not a word that exists in latin it's excelsis oh see i looked it up because they say it correctly in the episode but on imdb it's correct Oh, was it correct on IMDb? Yeah, that's where I looked for it to okay. see that it, what it, what it actually was. But it was unfortunately written by Paul Brown, and unfortunately directed by Stephen Sergic. Well, let's get into the cast. Um, we have Terrell Rothery as Michelle Charters. You may recognize her from something like seventy-five episodes of Stargate SG One. Yes, she was one of the main cast members. She was Dr. Janet Fraser and Himdall. Heimdall. Okay. I knew I was going to say it wrong in my head when I was, as I was typing it. I said it every way possible and just went, whatever, he'll correct me. Ah, it's Norse. <laughs> uh, she was also in Paparazzi Princess, colon, The Paris Hilton Story. Ooh, who'd you play in that? Not Paris Hilton. Oh, okay. I was going to write it down and didn't think you were going to ask, so I didn't. She's also in Wayward Pines that we watched one episode of. Well, I've watched the entire first season. You watched one episode of lately and did not like it it was whatever i've already got one cop procedural that i'm all i'm already kind of cooling on i don't need to (laughs) (laughs) oh gee i wonder what cop procedural you're talking about we also have Saab shimano as gung bituin sorry for butchering your name sir he was in teenage mutant ninja turtles 3 which i'm positive i saw because it came out in like 94, and I watched all of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies when I was a kid. Ah, who did he play in that? Don't know. Didn't write it down. Stop asking me these questions when I don't write them down. He was also in Waterworld. Oh, nice. 
I love that for him. Yep. Frances Bay as Dorothy, which she was in everything, so I just pulled two that I thought were fun. She was in a TV show called Passions. She played evil old lady. <laughs> yes. I know Passions because it's uh, Spike from Buffy's favorite TV show. <laughs> That's phenomenal. Passions is on! Timmy's down the bloody well! Well, she played evil old lady in one episode of that. Ah, I'm sure Spike saw it. Maybe sure. it's one of the ones he watched with Joyce. Quite possibly. Sometimes he would watch that with Joyce. I love that for them. Yep, me too. <laughs> she was also in Critters 3. Nice. <laughs> we have not uh, watched that one yet. We have not, no. Eric Christmas as Stan Phillips has a terrible IMDb. Oh, nice. He was in Porky's. Oh, lovely. And that wasn't enough, so he was in Porky's 2 the next day. The next day. He was also in Porky's Revenge. I think that's the third one, probably. It is, yes. He played Mr. Carter. I wrote it down, but you didn't ask, so... Well, I was going to ask if he was the same character in all three movies. He was. Okay, that's good. Consistency is good, especially in a franchise as venerable as Porky's. Uh, he was also on Cheers, which I wrote down. He was in an episode, or a couple episodes, as Father Barry, because you've been randomly watching Cheers episodes. <laughs> <laughs> and then David Fresco as Hal Arden. He was in a bunch of stuff, but the one that I found the most curious and intriguing was Queen of Burlesque. He played Mac, the stage manager. Ah, fantastic. Yep. So we're going to open with a little bit that I pulled from Wikipedia. Sergic personally asked if he could direct the episode because he was a fan of the series. Oh, no. I wonder if he asked that before he read the script. This was his only credit for the series. <laughs> oh, no. Filming the episode was difficult for the cast and crew due largely to the fact that the script arrived for the cast and crew to film only two days in advance. Wow. And this one is convoluted. Yeah. Convoluted is generous? Yes, it is. It's just not consistent. Other issues arose because of technical reasons, which will happen, especially if you have two days to figure out all of it. Right. Come on. One scene required flooding a hallway with 3,300 gallons of water, which we'll get to. And many of the scenes were filmed at Riverview Hospital, a mental health facility located in British Columbia. Do uh, you want to say that word? Coquitlam. Coquitlam, British Co Columbia. Coquit. Coquitlam. Well, before we get into the plot, what did you think? Oh, it was terrible. It was definitely going to be my least favorite episode of this season. And we did discuss it because it could have been good. Yeah. Or at least, you know, it had it had the it had elements of something that could have become something. Yeah. It seems like he wrote it in the two days prior to giving it to them. Yeah. Which was two days prior to shooting. So he was busy doing something else. Yeah. Entirely. Oh shit, I said I was gonna do this. Right. Let well, me stay up till, let me pull an all nighter, it'll be fine. Or they forgot that they were gonna do an episode this week. Right. And yeah. Chris Carter was like, Oh, hey, Who's available? Get that guy to write a script. Okay, it needs to be done in a day and a half. So, yes. The plot is, the agents are called to Excelsis Day, a private nursing home in Worcester? Worcester. Oh, yeah, you said this. Massachusetts. I swear, guys, I can read. I just don't know how people pronounce these words when they pronounce them incorrectly. <laughs> if it's anything in Massachusetts, it's pronounced dumbly. You can count on that. 
So they're called in order to investigate a nurse's claim that she was raped by an invisible entity. Severely bruised, Michelle Charters claims that she knows who was responsible and names the attacker as Hal Arden, an elderly resident of Excelsis Day. When questioned, Arden admits that he made sexual overtures to her, but claims that it was harmless and that he is too elderly to have done anything. And that's just the very beginning because we are not spending a lot of time with this piece. They didn't. We're not going to for other reasons because it's awful. Yeah, it's, you can't open an episode like this just kind of period because. Right. I'm, yeah, immediately I'm not in the mood to watch anymore. No, it's terrible. It's terrible. It's violent. It's unnecessary. And we were even talking about this at the grocery store yesterday, how we're so used to the opening being a murder and it should have just been a murder. And I know that murder is terrible. (laughs) But when you have a show like this, and that's the setup, it would have been less terrible than the way that they treat her and this awful occurrence throughout the first half, because by the back half, they totally forget about it. Yeah. But the first half, everybody's like, I don't know. I think she's lying. Even though she's got all of these bruises. It's... She's been beat all to hell. She has all of the evidence of this happening. Yes. It's really bad. So we're not going to dwell because it's... Awful and hard to watch. The first scene, we are at Excelsis Day Convalescent Home with everything that we just talked about, setting everything up. But I did want to cover this one little bit of trivia. The building used for the exterior of Excelsis Day is the West Lawn Building of Riverview Hospital and has been used extensively in filming. And the reason that I wanted to include this is because I'm sure you have seen some of these things that feature this convalescent home. I think I'm remembering one. The butterfly effect? I've seen it. Elf. Seen it. Deadpool. Seen it. Smallville. I saw the first couple seasons of it. Arrow. Oh, I saw the first couple seasons of that. (laughs) Prison Break. No, didn't see it. And Supernatural. Didn't see any of that. All right, so it's been in a lot of things. I was wondering if it was in Happy Gilmore, which is where the lady in the wheelchair is from. Yes, she is from Happy, Happy Gilmore. I just didn't include that in her credits because I thought Critters 3 was more exciting. It is. <laughs> Actually, like I said, in the cast part, she's in everything. So, yeah. yes. <laughs> Before the agents show up, we get to see them in Washington, D.C. And I'm only going to mention this because porn is back. This is a great episode to include this little bit. Yeah. Well done, everybody. Everybody's having a great time and doing their best. Including Mulder. Keep your porn at home. Apparently, in this scene, he has a whole drawer of it. It's... That's not okay. It's really not. This is your workplace. And he's just... It's... Moving on. Back at the nursing home, we get a little bit more about the production. So this is after we see... After we see all of the setup... Nurse Charters is in the living room. Mulder and Scully are interviewing Nurse Charters, who is still bruised, just so that we all know where we're at in this situation. So here's a little bit about um, the production again, because this production was so terrible. It's written about in one of the books. It's, there's a lot, there's a lot. One part of the episode was nixed during the writing stage, remember which was two days before everybody shot. (laughs) Right. Because it was an extended look at Michelle's love life. Oh, what? Why do we need that? Originally, she was explicitly described as a lesbian. Okay. And in one short scene, her partner enters her apartment to talk to her. Series creator Chris Carter eventually cut the scene because he felt it 
felt gratuitous at that point. And I also wanted to include this, not only because obviously this is wildly inappropriate all over the place. This whole, this is the first 10 minutes of this episode. Nothing good has happened yet. But I did make a point to say that Chris Carter only has nice things to say about everything, about all of the episodes yeah, ever. Yeah, you did say that. And found one he didn't like. <laughs> yeah, good. So then we see the agents talking to Hal. He's the one that Nurse Charters pinpointed as the perpetrator. He's in a bathroom in a clawfoot tub. In the middle of the room. In the middle of the room, yes. Everybody's just there. So this this old naked guy, I mean, I don't like his character, obviously, because there's they're unclear about what's happening at this point. Uh-huh. But honestly, do we need to be in here in the bathroom? Sure, why While not? he's naked? I guess so. There's four people in the bathroom right now. Clearly, he didn't care because he was, like, flashing them. He did. And the only thing about this scene is I took that as kind of funny, as humorous, because of the whole situation being absolutely absurd. Huh. Somehow that was less appalling than everything else that's happened up to this point. Ooh, I bet it's because he's got that skinny, frail body, so he's not threatening. I think, actually, non-threatening is the way to go because when he does it, he says, look at my plumbing, it's older than this building. Yeah. It's not aggressive. It's not threatening. Everything else he's done up to this point, including groping nurse charters, has been aggressive. This is the first time he's done something, air quotes, sexual, that's been non-aggressive that anybody's done. Look, leaving your porn out for your partner to find at work is aggressive. aggressive. So this is the first non-aggressive thing that's happened. And it just happens to be his old penis. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So we find all of this. None of it's good. We go, uh, we do see Gung. He is an orderly. And this is where we meet him. He's the one who's helping Hal bathe. Next, we go outside the nursing home. Mulder and Scully are talking to Miss Dawson, who is tall, blonde, confident, and impersonal. She is the director of Excelsis Day Home. She has no idea what's going on anywhere at any time. Nah, she's a jerk. She's awful. So I know I'm skipping through a lot of these scenes because there's just nothing good happening up and up to this point now. But one thing that we were talking about with this is their... Okay, first, this episode is not equipped to talk about the... Much of anything? Yes, right. One thing that we were discussing, though, is the treatment of healthcare workers and people in convalescent homes and how it seemed like they were trying to make a commentary on it like did they stumble into being a pro worker episode right or was it completely accidental because what's her name the administrator who i kept thinking of as shelly long's mom (laughs) mentions that nurse charters has made several complaints and she says that like oh she's just whiny and everything Mm -hmm. but no she's pointing out that this is a terrible place to work with horrible working conditions (laughs) Right, but doesn't she obviously doesn't seem to know that that's what she's doing. Right. And that's when Scully says, I'll, I'll read these on my own, thanks. Yeah. And then Mulder kind of accuses her of the same thing later. Yeah. Like, she's making this up to get out of working this job. 
It's got real nobody wants to work these days energy. It really does. It's insane. There's another scene where one of the orderlies is in the um, the bathroom with another person and he says, "Pay attention, old man. I'm only paid 550 an hour. I don't have to care about you." Yeah. And it's like obviously pay people. Yeah. This did, is not an easy job. I have a hard time thinking that with all of the horrible bits of this episode that Paul Brown was like, I'm going to put some real good pro-worker stuff in Right, there. me too. They're like, this this bitch over here. Right. You saw her being a bitch. In the, she turned off the TV. They which, were watching the fight. Which, you know what? I was actually on their side for that. For a whole five seconds. And then, yeah, then Hal starts groping her. And I yes. was like, oh, okay. Well, no. This took a turn. It did. It took a bad turn real fast. So, not giving the writer any credit for being pro-worker because I think this was accidental. He walked ass backwards into it. Yeah. Yeah. I think this was more, like you said, it's got the real nobody wants to work these days energy. Uh Uh-huh. And then, and nobody wants to take care of their folks, but let's have some magical Asians instead. (laughs) It's, this guy ticks all of the boxes and all of the boxes are on the bad column. Right. We, we do not want to see this column. So I was flipping through to see and Paul Brown has written one other episode and it was Ascension where Scully spends the entire time in a trunk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. So Paul Brown uh, so far. Loves women, huh? Yeah. I think he's, I think he's really emotionally healthy. So let's get to anything that actually happens in this. So, okay, so we're set up, we're at the facility. We find out that the people at the facility are suffering from Alzheimer's disease and dementia, Alzheimer's specifically. Yes. And there's a doctor who's doing a small experimental group with them. It sounds like it's above board, as above board as this stuff goes. Yeah, this this doctor seems like he's trying to help people and hold on a second because i forgot you didn't mention him i didn't i figured i went down too many people yeah but the doctor grego is played by jerry wasserman who is in just like a ton of stuff he he has uh 201 credits (laughs) and he's one of those like that guys he's one of those guys that you can't tell how old he is because he he's looked old his entire life yes he's in things like uh watchmen Black Christmas. Which one? The 06 one, which I didn't know existed. Oh, you didn't? No, I knew that the like the 2016 one or 2017 one. 2019. 2019, and then the original one in the 70s. 74, yep. Yeah, I knew those two. I didn't know the uh, 06 one. Oh, we're going to have to do a Black Christmas rewatch. Oh, he was also in Smallville. <laughs> but he, yeah, he's one of those guys that's in a lot of stuff. Every time I see him, I call him not Richard Belzer. Mm. So he looks like he's not Richard Belzer. <laughs> okay. So he is administering a, an experimental drug to his patients, and it seems like it's having a positive effect. Scully mentions that she knows of this drug and other, ex, what is it called? Not experiments, other... Trials. Yes, thank you. Other trials where any benefit has been minimal at best, if negligible, actually. It wasn't even a minimal. It was just kind of like, eh, we... We couldn't exactly say it was the drugs doing any of this. But they are seeing some positive impact on the patients in this facility. He lets them know that when these individuals came in, they couldn't draw, they couldn't speak in sentences, they couldn't do much of anything. And as we've already seen, 
They're holding conversations. They're walking around. There are a couple of people needing assistance in certain things, but they don't need assistance in like feeding themselves and having conversations and expressing themselves in verbal ways that people like to believe sometimes is the only way to express yourself. Is catatonia one of the symptoms of Alzheimer's? They make it seem like these people are catatonic when they get in there. So catatonia is a severe neuropsychiatric syndrome with an excellent prognosis if recognized and treated without delay. Catatonia and dementia is rare but not uncommon. Huh? (laughs) Clinicians should be aware of catatonia as a diagnostic possibility in patients with dementia and look for it proactively, which is not the same thing as Alzheimer's, but there I'm not clear on the differences. Ooh, here's an article Early onset Alzheimer's disease masquerading as catatonia. So, okay. There we go. And at one point, there is a discussion about how these patients have been sick for a long time. So, they are at their later stages. They're not the early onset. So, that's why they're in the house, in the home. So, anyway, the pill is an experiment and it seems to be working on this small sample set. But we find out that. They're not just taking this experimental pill. They're taking another pill also. The big brown pill. Yes. We see Hal and... Stan. Stan acting acting like, I don't anybody would in a place like this where they have no actual rights and privileges. So they're like stealing little things and they're hiding stuff from, their, from the orderlies and sneaking it around, except this is drugs. Yeah, so. Stan stealing drugs. And Hal's pissed off that he's not sharing his stolen drugs. And Stan's just being a real bogart. Stan's like, you need to stop groping people. He you didn't say it, though. He didn't say it. He's part of the problem. He is part of the problem. All right. Well, all of this happens. We find out that, let's see, Stan gives Hal one of the pills. Or Hal steals it. Or Hal steals it. Yeah, we don't know. It's not know. really explained. Either way, he dies. Does he die from the drug overdose? Or does he die because he's strangled by a ghost? Unclear. Very unclear. So there's this other part where all of this is unclear. So let's make that part clear. (laughs) Um, The beginning when Nurse Charters is assaulted, it's set up in a way that makes it look like Hal has taken the pill. And is astral projecting. Yes. And is somehow, it's him. But then as we progress through the series, or not the series, the story... It turns out there's ghosts, and it's ghosts of people who have died in this facility who are angry at how they were treated and have come back. Yeah, but they're coming back because people are taking the pills? Yes, and they're only coming back because people are taking the pills. It's real stupid. But they're able to actually have physical impact on things that are happening in the facility. It's all unclear. So we we meet Leo at one point. He was a wonderful artist back in his day. And when he came in, he had trouble drawing a circle. And now he, when we first see him, Dorothy is directing people around the room. She wants Eddie to stand behind Ben because Ben is taller. That's not how you take a picture, Dorothy. That's, that that should flip-flop that. That doesn't make any sense. What are you talking about? It doesn't matter. They're all ghosts, apparently. Yeah, but you still gotta be able... You put the taller ones in the back, not the front. 
It doesn't actually matter because whoever she's moving it around. Matters. No, it doesn't matter because Leo's not drawing them. No. He never looks up at anybody. No, he's drawing a lady and some stuff. Yes. I was unclear if he was drawing Nurse Charters being assaulted. I know. we do, And we'll never know because nobody knows. Yeah. Yeah. So we do see in several instances that these ghost figures are not the elderly patients astral projecting themselves and having some sort of invisible man impact on their surroundings. But we do see them crowding into a room and we see them like taking up space, but they nobody ever bumps into them. No. So the only times that they are impacting their surroundings besides just being spooky and like standing around and these uh, people who are taking the drugs are hallucinating them or seeing them, whatever you want to decide, is when they are hurting people. So they beat the shit out of nurse charters. Uh-huh. They murder that other orderly. Yeah, they murder both the they, orderlies. Right, they murder both orderlies, who also sucked as characters, but, like, I mean, death, man? I don't know. I don't know who to feel for in this, because I don't think anybody does. Well, I feel for Gung. Gung is the only one, including Mulder and Scully, that yeah. I have any sympathy for. Mulder sucks in this one. He sucks so bad. He's terrible. All right, so we... Find out that Gung is growing these mushrooms that are being given to the patients in small doses. And we have a scene about that, which is terrible. Uh, we, <laughs> we have a lot of racist stuff around this specific character. Uh, as Mulder and Scully investigate, they discover a Malaysian orderly is illicitly giving the patients an herbal drug made of mushrooms he cultivates in the basements, in the building's basement. The drug cures their Alzheimer's, but also allows them to see spirits of people who have died in the nursing home and channel them into existence. So we see that. We also see nurse aide Gung mentioning that he, that he grows the mushrooms for medicinal purposes. It's a common practice in his prefecture, a name given to districts in China. But it turns out that Gung is from Malaysia, which doesn't have prefectures. Um, after they discover the mushroom pills, and all of their and where they come from they go down into the basement to get them to make sure that no one takes any more because that's the only thing that anybody can seem to agree on turns out that all of the pills have been taken away or swallowed or something they're gone stan came and took them all Mulder mentions shamans have used mushrooms for centuries to gain entrance to the spirit world and scully suggests that Mulder has been reading too much carlos castanata yeah castanata wrote a series of books that describe his training in shamanism. Oh, nice. So it actually... Makes sense. Was a... Yeah, was okay. a thing. She says that, like, mushrooms taste good on cheeseburgers, but that's all they're good for. And then knows that they also contain poison and hallucinogens and all of these other things. She's all over the place in this one, too. Yes, everybody is. Nobody knows what they're supposed to be doing because they just got their script right before they... Sh right before Chris Carter called action. And these characters... You mean Steven Souf? I was going to say Souf Jan. <laughs> Surgic. Yes. Sufjan Stevens was there. <laughs> Writing an album about, I don't know, Pennsylvania or something. <laughs> All right. So nobody's doing anything good. At one point, Stan's daughter comes to pick him up because she talks about how she brought him to the facility because she, she was told that he was going to die. He needed 24-7 support. Medical support, 
Makes sense. She said that she and her husband both work, so they couldn't have him at the house because they just couldn't afford to take care of him, which is the United States for you, baby. USA. USA. (laughs) But also we get this whole bit where Gung is talking about how in his country, in his culture, they have lots of generations in one household and the different generations take care of each other and... It's so much different in the U.S. because we ship our elderly away to be to die elsewhere. And he's right. He's right. But when your elderly parent or whatever gets to the point where you can't take care of them and they need medical help, the government should help with that. And they don't. No. No. Don't. Our system is not set up for any of us to do the right thing. <laughs> so all of that happens. Um, the pills are gone. Stan's daughter comes to get him because now that he's... He's not dying. He's actually living his life and functioning and needs, definitely needs care, but only needs some assistance as opposed to... But he's also going to need the meds that he's been getting that's making him better. So pulling him out of the, the convalescent home doesn't make any sense. Either. I don't know. And at this point, Stan doesn't want to leave the convalescent home, even though he did in the beginning, which also makes sense because he's getting the meds here. I, whatever. But there's also ghosts. So I feel like at some point you would want to not be there anymore especially if the ghosts are murdering your handsy buddy i guess if that's what happened or did he choke who knows he had too much ibotanic in him maybe i don't know well none of that's making sense so then they decide to continue not making any sense there's a bit where they say in the state where they're taking the medications the spirits assault and murder the orderlies who have looked down on them and treated them poorly while they were patients that's when Stan Stan overdoses. Yeah. And the spirits once again attack charters. So overdosing makes more ghosts and makes ghosts angrier. Even though they're overdosing themselves, the orderlies aren't overdosing them, right. which would make sense. Okay, if you're going to have angry ghosts and they're angry because of how they're being treated, if the staff was overdosing them, absolutely I could see the vengeful ghost situation. But the staff's not overdosing them. They're overdosing themselves. And then the staff is still attacking Charters? Leave Charters the fuck alone. They're just angry. It's terrible. But because none of that makes sense, she and Mulder get trapped in the bathroom and it starts to flood immediately. Yes. And it fills up way too fast. I did some good math. We're going to call this room a 10 foot by 10 foot by 10 foot room. Okay. Just to make everything easy. Great. That is a thousand cubic feet. That is... 7,480 gallons of water to fill that thing up. And it fills up in five minutes. It does. It does. All the way. All the way to the top. That is almost 1,500 gallons per minute. So much. I could not find a good calculation to figure out how much water pressure it would take to get that to happen. Oh, because I don't know, like, the openings of the... The size of the openings of the water. So it would just... It would take such an immense amount of pressure just to fill that room that fast, that it would probably kill the people inside. Probably. If they got hit with a stream. Right. Yeah. It'd be like one of those water cutting things where they cut metal with just right. high yes. pressure jets of water. Yeah. yeah. But that's not what happened. They just were in the water a little bit. Mulder did swim down to one of the drains and like jiggle it a little bit. Yeah. It was a good attempt. <laughs> he didn't even like try to jimmy it with a pin or anything. Nope. Then uh, the door busts open, the water flows out. Oh, because they give Stan a shot that stops his overdose. Oh, that's right. So then the ghosts go away. And then they go away forever? 
Yeah, because no, well, nobody else is taking the pills. All the senior citizens get catatonic again. Yep. I still don't know how the room was sealed. The door jam was sealed that well. Nope. For the room to fill with water. Nothing was accomplished. Nothing was handled. Nothing was explained. And this is another episode where we end in a voiceover because they didn't know how to end it. Yeah. Are you ready? Sure. Scully, voiceover, nursing home, night, then sometime later. (laughs) (laughs) In response to the series of unexplained incidents at the Excelsis Day Convalescent Home, the Massachusetts Department of Health has assumed all administrative authority at the facility. They detected trace amounts of ipotenic acid in more than half the residents tested, though these levels have dissipated rapidly. And that's the leftover from the mushrooms, right? Right. Scully continues, Dr. John Grego has been replaced as head physician at the facility and his trial use of the drug Depronil has been suspended. Which makes no sense because it's not his fault any of this happened. Like that guy was actually trying to help. He wasn't doing anything helpful. He I can was trying. S- true, but I can see being the head physician at the facility where someone is drugging all of your patients. <laughs> yeah, I guess. And you have no idea about it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Someone's someone's head's gonna roll. Fair. For his admitted part in manufacturing and distributing an illicit substance, Gung Bituin was remanded to the Immigration and Naturalization Service and is awaiting repatriation to Malaysia. There are reportedly no efforts being made to study the mushrooms. Good job, everybody. Everybody's doing the best jobs. Like, not even Mulder. Mulder's not even interested. Mulder hasn't been interested at all. This entire episode. No. What, Scully? You think the place is haunted? Have you been working with me for too long? Why would he not believe any of this? (sighs) Scully continues. The federal government has settled Michelle Charter's lawsuit out of court, though no clear blame has been placed. Witnesses to the events have been unreliable due to dramatic relapses and a general reversal in their progress with Alzheimer's disease. And that's how it ends. Nobody wins. Uh, Charters at least gets a settlement. I hope it's huge. I hope it's tens of millions of dollars. Me too. I hope it's In so, 1994 money. I hope it's so much money she never has to be a nurse again. Yeah. Matter of fact, you know what? I changed my mind. That's what I'll ship. Charters and a butt ton of money. Okay. There. I got something. I hope she gets so much money she doesn't have to work in one of these places ever again. She gets the best trauma therapy ever. And just, you know what? Just regular therapy, too. Because no one's listened to her at all. Uh-huh. Dude goes missing. She's like, I've been trying to tell you. He hasn't shown up. He's not here. No <laughs> one's listening to me. I have other things to do. You have four people working in this home. And one of them is missing. Oh, yeah. I guess when I said uh, Gung is the only person I have any sympathy for, that was incorrect. Nurse Charters also. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think you were probably picturing the scene that I was talking uh, about. Yeah. And she wasn't in that scene. Nobody else in that scene needs anything. Well, that's all I've got for this episode. We didn't tell you much of what happened because... <laughs> we, yeah, it's a rough one. Uh, how are you surviving? I guess I'm staying out of fucking Massachusetts. It's just good advice for everybody. <laughs> I'm surviving by taking the right amount of drugs. That's a good idea. Seems like good drugs if you don't overdose on them. And he tells them, don't take too much of this. How do people not believe him when he says, look, this, don't take too much of this? That's very true. And by he, you mean Gong. Uh, yeah. Because Gong is actually doing a good thing. Yeah, Gong is helping people. Obviously, there's some ethical issues with working in a healthcare facility and giving people... 
Mushrooms. Mushrooms. That's fine. Well, I mean... It's just mushrooms, like Scully said. There's nothing wrong with mushrooms. They taste good on cheeseburger. That's it. Everything seemed to be okay. What I'm curious about is if they had continued taking them at the low dose that he was giving them, that was making them better. But I think there's still a problem with the energy and spirits around that place. That's what I was... And he mentioned something about... He says something happens and the, the spirits here are angry, which... We're not going into, we're not going into that stereotype. <laughs> but what I'm curious about is Dorothy. So she was obviously taking more than she was supposed to. Uh-huh. But she was seeing them at one point, and it sounded like when they were in the day room and Leo was drawing and she was putting everybody in their positions to be drawn or whatever. It seemed like everybody was doing fine. Yeah. So the spirits weren't angry then? Are the spirits only angry at night? I Maybe. During the day, they're like... We're chill today. This is fine. Well, no, because I think the water room was during the day. Oh, that's true. And we don't know when... But Stan was overdosing at that time, so maybe... That's true. The overdose. And we don't know when Upshaw was killed. No, that was off screen. Yeah, sorry, guy. Probably at the same time the other one was. You think? Tiernan, or whatever his name was. I don't remember. Makes sense. I guess so. You don't see him after that. You don't, no. You don't, you don't really see him before that. <laughs> nope. How are you surviving? Oh, huh. taking the right amount of drugs. Taking the right amount of drugs. That's I think that sounds always good. the right way. That's the answer to every situation. Take the right amount of drugs. Yep. Sometimes that amount is zero. That's true. You know what? <laughs> good call. Yeah. All right. I have nothing else for this episode. You want to talk about something else? <laughs> like what? I don't know. We've been watching Nosferatu. That's, that's been pretty good. The world that they're building is really cool. I really enjoy that. We can. Everybody should watch uh, Nosferatu. I would suggest that. Or if you're not into watching something and you want to read something, read Joe Hill's book Nosferatu. That's I read that. I found it at a a Goodwill bookstore and was like, all right, Hulu's been trying to make me watch this for three months and I haven't watched it. But now that I'm seeing the book here, I'm going to buy the book because it was four (laughs) dollars. I read it. It was great. The um, the book and the TV show are not one to one. As with most things. Right. So just know that. But some of the... And, uh, and because of that, obviously, some of the things in the book are better than the way that they... Uh, in my opinion, because it's all opinion at this point. Uh, some of the things in the book are better than they depicted on screen. And some of the things on screen are really great depictions that they didn't do in the book. So I think either are good ways to go. And if you want to see some men in some tailored suits... Yeah. Holy bananas. Whoever is the costume designer on this, I don't think you could put that, whoever that costume designer is, just give that person any, anybody and say, here, yeah, tailor them. Me. <laughs> That's my vote. Get me a tailor. There are tailors around. Yeah, I can't afford that. Oh, I, I don't mean like tailoring all of the stuff, but you could probably get something tailored. Not right now. You're not going to get your t-shirt tailored? No, I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> Alright, bye guys. The Cast Files is produced by Kristen Riley and Dave Reed. Edited by Dave Reed. You can find us on Twitter at Cast Files. You can find me on Twitter at Dave Reed. That's D-A-I-V-E-R-E-E-D. You can email us at the Cast Files. That's the with two E's at gmail.com. If you could please go rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, give us five stars and tell us that we are doing phenomenal things artistic wonderful things 
We are raising the bar on podcasting. We would love you forever for that. We have a Tee Public store. You can go buy t-shirts and stuff there. Music by Hal Six. Logo by Art. That's O-O-K-A-R-T. 